Blog Talk Radio. Another episode of Indie Fire right here with your girl, Nakia. Guys, I got so much I want to talk to y'all about. Like, I didn't just talk to you like two days ago, but no, nah, I talked to you last night, right? That's how that's how far gone my mind is right now. But let me, I want to share something with you guys really quickly. You know that I love, 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 love wine, right? Let me tell y'all something that I did today, all right? So when the pandemic first started, and I knew that we was going to be on lockdown. I went out and I bought wine. Like he, they was going to run out of wine. Okay, I, I bought wine. <clears throat> and I made the mistake of putting it in, in the refrigerator because I knew I was going to be drinking a bottle a day. I already knew. You know, I my daughter was going to be home. Uh, we were having to move her back from college. My son was going to be home, you know, doing homeschooling. And I just knew I was going to be going through a bottle a day. I knew that. I knew all cops. I bought, like, wine, and I put it in the refrigerator. It was going to be ready for me, right? This was, like, March the 15th. Today is June the 2nd. I'm so proud of myself. When I tell you I did not touch any of that wine, none of it. None of it. For real. I I know. Some of you probably, like, you swallowed your tongue. I know I didn't touch any of it. And my daughter, like, they went grocery shopping today, and they had to clean their refrigerator out because, my wine was just sitting in there, and I was, I felt really bad, like, I started to make a post about it, like, hey, look at this, I'm actually pouring out wine, you, once you put it in the refrigerator, the life expectancy goes down, like, if I would have just stored it away, it would have been all right, but I, I didn't, and so I had to pour it out, and I just thought to myself, I felt, one part of me felt really good, because a bottle a day, guys, you know, that ain't nothing for me, so for me to just pour that out, I'm like, wow, I felt really good. But you guys know I did replace that with that Tennessee whiskey, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I was mixing that with everything. Theraflu, you know what I'm saying, drinking it straight, you know, a little Coke. I, yeah, I was all over the place. I'm going to tell you, stress to do that to you. And, and the job that I have, man, you know, I was telling my guests before the show, you know, a little bit of uh, information, but. Um, somebody asked me today, they were like, why are you posting? Hold up, what? What, what am I, I, I'm always posting. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Why, why, why are you posting? And, and I'm, calm, calm down. What do you, what do you, what, what's going on? You know, and I knew, I know what today is. I know what we're supposed to be doing, but I'm sorry. That's, that's a part of what 
the show is made on. You know, we have to promote the show. And I have an interview tonight. I have to promote it. You know, I get it. I know where I should, my, my, my place should have been today. But, you know, I, I still needed to, to post that. But um, there's some things that, you know, I, I have to continue on, like, like I said. And, and as I was explaining to my guests prior to the show, I said, you know, my job is just, it just has me in this, this state right now that um, I don't really know whether I'm coming or going. In all honesty, I really don't. I haven't had the time to even dwell on um, what's going on in the world. I work with, because, you know, guys, the pandemic is still going on, and I work with the New York State Department of Labor trying to get people their unemployment, you know, and their pandemic unemployment assistance. And that right there is a pandemic in itself, all right? And prior to that, I was working with the New York State Department of Health trying to get people tested for COVID. And again, that was in itself. And so I haven't had time to just stop and just, I know I'm aware of everything that is going on. And if I stopped and took the time out and did what I really want to do, I would have to stop working because I would be on the front lines. Um, I would be at the protest. You know what I'm saying? I would be there. So, yes, to answer the question, I, I know what today um, was supposed to or is symbolizing. Um, but, I, again, I need to move in a different direction, all right? No disrespect um, to what we are trying to accomplish on today. Um, but I need to move in a different direction. And I know that um, the people that support the show, you do respect our decision, all right? And if you don't, <clears throat> well, you will tomorrow, all right? <laughs> I didn't get to announce it on yesterday, but, guys, you know we strongly acknowledge Black Music Month around here on Indie Fire, all right? So that did begin on yesterday, and as we've done in the previous years, we spotlight um, someone who's made, you know, memorable contributions to um, our black uh, history uh, in in music. You know, uh, yesterday we did spotlight Thomas Dorsey, who's the father of gospel music. Uh, today, I don't know who's, who's spotlighting today. Yeah, because they normally post around 8 p.m., so I'm not sure who they're posting tonight. Um, but if you have some favorites that you want us to, you know, to spotlight for the month of June, just send them to us. You know, we'll pull up the information and we'll spotlight. We'll tag you. Make sure that we give you and show you some love uh, for sending that information in. Just don't post for June 7th because, you know, that always goes to print. All right? <laughs> uh, I don't really have any announcements. Tune in Thursday night. Somebody will be here. Uh, I'm not sure who the guest is. I don't have the calendar in front of me with this being a brand-new month. We're still working on the month of June, but tune in. All shows this month are 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are back to our regular schedule. Say We talked about it last night. Jordan Pauline, um, the, what was she on, Ant Farm. Um, some of your children may remember Ant Farm. Um, Shake It Up on the Disney Channel. She's been on Love and Hip Hop. She's been on uh, CSI Miami. Yeah, she's um, done quite a few shows. We're going to have her on the show June the 25th, she'll be on the show, and then June the 29th, Richie Evans. He actually has a, a song with, um, yeah, his name escapes me right now, but he does have a song with a uh, major um, mainstream artist. We're going to have him on the show on the 29th of June, so I'm excited for, for the month of June um, as we continue to fill the calendar up. So 
If you can't make them all, as we always say, please, please, please do not miss them all. I'm super excited to have my guest here this evening. I had the opportunity to um, meet her, so to speak, back in March when we had our series, Quest of a Woman, and uh, one of our guests uh, who we had on the show, um, uh, we connected through Lady Dane um, back in March. So I'm so excited to have iCandy Designs uh, CEO, um, fashion designer, and author, Ms. Lala Moore, Mrs. Forgive me, Lala Moore here with me this evening. Um, Lucretia Moore goes by the name Lala. She was born in Gary, Indiana, and grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. While in Minnesota, she tapped into one of her many talents that God has blessed her with. And to her surprise, she completed her first published romance novel entitled Searching for the Right One. Since then, she has written a total of eight books, which she plans to release individually starting later this year. Writing has always been a passion of Lala's, along with fashion, which brings us to where she is today. Not only did she tap into fashion and writing, she also started her own online magazine. It is sold bi-monthly, with the first issue released January 1st, and the second issue that released March the 1st. All right, so that's January, March. So we should have another issue coming up soon, right? We're going to talk about it. Lala loves to design clothes and decided to step out on faith. She always wanted to take sewing classes to help progress her talent, but fear constantly stood in her way, and she put it on the back burner. However, this past December 2019, she had her very first fashion show to introduce Eye Candy Designs. I designed, made, altered, sewed, and hand-stitched 24 very complicated dresses in 12 days all the way up to her show. No, she didn't have supporters at all, she says. She had a beautiful singer who heard about her show all the way in Detroit, Michigan, and her label, CC Health and Royal Courts, emailed her and asked if she needed a singer at her show and that this singer wanted to do it for free because she felt something about her. This singer is now one of her two mentors, and she goes by the name Lady Dane, a.k.a. Cassandra Dane. Lala says she did 24 dresses, never went to a seamstress class, a school, or train. She says that her hands were anointed and that God never says that she is blessed and she has purpose and will. And she never doubts the power of God and what she can do, and she'll never doubt again. Any fire listening audience, I present, oh, isn't that a testimony right there? Oh, any fire listening audience, I present to you this evening my very, very special guest, Eye Candy Design CEO, fashion designer, and author, Mrs. Lala Moore. I'm excited to be here. Hey, hey, how are you? I am great. How are you doing? I am well. I am so happy to have you here. You know, I read your bio when I first got it, the whole bio in its entirety. But like I told you prior to, I've had the bio for so long. A lot of parts of the bio I forgot all about. I remember the fashion show, and I think we actually talked about some of that. 
I remember the fashion show, and I remember how you met Lady Bane. I think when you read things, it's kind of like when you you when you speak things into existence. When you say stuff out loud, um, it it takes a different meaning. You perceive things a lot differently. And reading the end of the bio, it actually hit me a lot differently than it has had, you know, in the past when I read it. Um, before, I thought, well, you know, I got superwoman strength out of you uh, when I read it in the past. And, and just reading it now, I don't know, I felt something um, really different. Like, it, it, I perceive you in, in, a, in a different light right now just from reading the bio this time. I don't think I could have done that, um, especially with no classes, no proper training. Um, it's just amazing when you put your mind to something and say that I'm going to do this and then how God just steps in and um, yeah. takes over. You know what I mean? It's just it's just amazing. It's really amazing. I told you I'm just going to let this go in the direction that it's going to go, but uh, I want to talk about you as an right. author first because, um, and I'm being rude. I'm so sorry. I'm rude. Let me say thank you. Guys, you didn't give me my, let me say thank you first for being <laughs> able to join me here this evening because, you know, we've been trying to set this up for a minute. Um, we've had to push days yes, around, yeah. we've had to push times around. So I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being able to join me here this evening because you could have been anywhere. You know, I know that we're in different um, time zones. You could have been anywhere but you're here giving so freely of yourself, you know, uh, of your time um, here with me, myself, my listening audience to share all about you um, and why it is that you do what you do and why you're so passionate about the things that you do. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being able to join me here this evening. Thank you for having me. You're so very welcome. Right, so on the, when you first started writing, let's, let's start there. When you first started writing, um, you know, did you have any idea that uh, an author is, is anything that you wanted to be? Uh, I didn't. I didn't, but um, it didn't surprise me because my grandmother used to write poems and just writing, not anything that got published or anything, but writing was like um, in some of the women in our family. My mom likes to write. Again, she took after her mom, which is like poems or scriptures or, you know, something like that. But my writing kind of went to a different level. Mine was more of, you know, story. Um, my thought process when I started writing, I didn't think it was going to be a novel. I was just writing because sometimes when, as I was, you know, growing up, I would like to take myself out of the, the craziness that's going on in the world. And writing is kind of like my safe place. You know, I can make it happy. I can make it nice. I can make it, you know, whatever God put in me to put on paper that's what I make it. So to my surprise, I finished a 300 page, 300 plus page novel. Um, I got it copywritten and I was contacted by Dorrance Publishing Company in New York and they wanted to publish my novel, but I didn't know at that time that they were a um, subsidiary publishing company, which means I had to pay them. So I was like, well, no, you know, this is just a hobby. So I didn't mm -hmm, go down mm -hmm. that route. So I just kind of went down the route of um, another self-publishing company, Arthur House, you know, picked me up and they promoted and they were the first one that published my book. So that's kind of how we got that started. What was uh, one of the most surprising discoveries for you um, in creating your books? 
that I was able to train my creative side with my editing side. Um, that was a battle. It was a struggle because it probably took me a year almost to finish that book, um, mainly because I kept critiquing it. You know, I would go back and I would reread it and I would say, you know, now that I'm found right, let me change that. But if I just kind of went with my first thought, which is what I should have done and what I do now, I would have went ahead and finished that book in just like a couple of months. And then I could have edited it. But, you know, I was learning. That was my first writing project that big. So it just kind of, um, I learned a lot about myself and learned how to, you know, make the two work together. So now it works in my favor. A lot of authors write about um, once they, they start to build, you know, a following and their audience kind of tells them, you know, what they like to read about and how they would like the next book kind of, you know, to go. Um, and, and they find that to be therapeutic for them. If they have, you know, a voice to kind of um, mm-hmm. follow or to use as an outline. But for you, um, when it comes to your writing, um, is it therapeutic for you? Um, or do you look at it, you know, kind of as a, a spiritual um, practice as well? Um, I say it's a, it's therapeutic. It's a little bit of both. Um, but it's very therapeutic for me. If I'm, if I find myself in like, just like a stressful time, I just got so much going on. You know, the last thing you would think a person want to do is write because it's, it, you don't have time for it. And writing is supposed to be in a calm state of mind and you're supposed to be able to, you know, just let your, your writing and your thoughts flow. And how can you write when you're under stress? But for me, it's different. It's like a release. You know, I can take myself outside of whatever I'm in and write. And I can fluently write a story if I'm left alone. Or I could finish it, I'd probably say two months, I can finish a 300-page story. So it's it's definitely therapeutic for me. Um, I have one book that I read that I wrote of my eight. It's called Nobody's Fool, and that one actually turned um, into a spiritual. And for me, I don't plan what I'm going to write. I just kind of outline what I want to want it to kind of look like, and I just start writing. I never set up like a um, template, like you know, a lot of people like I learned later. I never set up mm-hmm. outlines. Like you're supposed to outline this and outline mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and then have the base right. of your story. I just went with it. I just went with the flow. I just wrote. I didn't have any rules. I just wrote. I wasn't writing for anyone. So it was something that I loved doing. I don't know how I would feel if someone says, oh, you have to have this type of book done in this time frame and so forth. I think it will take my passion of writing away, you know, And that, and that's the. I think that's the joy of um, being able to write. I've, I've spoken to so many authors, and they all have um, their own process when it comes to uh, creating. And uh, very few have said that they. Yeah, I want to say there's only two that I've ever interviewed that have said that they actually use an outline. Um, you know, they they research, they use notes. Um, the majority of them write off the top of their head and then come back and maybe, you know, combine 
um, different uh, places, uh, put, you know, kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. They kind of put pieces together, um, but very mm-hmm. few use an outline. Now, you, you said something. I wish the author that I had on the show last week were listening. You, you said that a lot of people, when you're stressed, um, you would think it would be hard to, to write. And I'm going to use that from this point moving forward because I was supposed to write 5,000 words on Sunday, and that didn't happen. Um, and uh, that from moving forward, that's my excuse. I'm under so much stress. I can't write. That makes so much sense, right. though, because I think you need to be, like, in a calm type of, mm-hmm. you know, you mellowed out. You know, your atmosphere just needs to be very chill for you just to sit down. My life is too hectic. I can't, I don't have moments like that. Like right now, these are my moments that I could just, and then right when I'm done with this, you know, it's, it's on to homework, you know, it's on to right. my life. It doesn't stop this one hour from my show, you know, three times a week. That's my solitude. That's my calm. Like maybe I should write through, you know, during the show. I don't know. But, but I agree. People need to be in just, in a relaxed state or mellowed out, you know, to be able to write. So I'm going to use that as my excuse from now on. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. For you, what was an what was an early experience for you um, where you learned that language had power? Um, I have to say, there wasn't really a specific um, experience. It was more for me of a voice. Um, your the voice. Mm-hmm have power. You know, you, mm. you grow up when you're younger and you always learn that watch what you say to people because right. you don't know how your words and your voice is going to be perceived by them. You know, I take that with me today because you never know what people are going through. So to be nice is just a nice justice, you know, for somebody. It may just you saying, you know, hey, beautiful, that might brighten up their day because they could be having a very dark day. They could have been having a very few dark weeks. You know, we don't know. We're so quick to assume. So I have to say my voice, you know, I feel like the same way, you know, tying it into my magazine. I do things that I feel other people in the, in the bigger corporate world don't do. You know, I try to look at people and use my voice and my platform and my skills to help others. And that's what IKB MAG is all about, is to help other businesses um, have a voice and be seen versus the, the people that you see all the time on People Magazine, the celebrities, the stars, the, the people who are well-known. What about the people who no one knows about? The people who you pass their post and you like it, but then after you like it, you're done with it. You may share it, but then that's it. You know, where does it go? It just sits. So my voice is, is mainly, like, for those people. And I kind of take that within my writing, too. So while we're right here, let's talk about uh, the magazine. It is bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. And how is it, um, how is it published? Um, I publish it. I self-publish it online. Um, and it's it's a digital online um, product that's purchased off my website, so it's all self um, doing. Um, and I pretty much I write. I think it's easy for me for IKB Mag because I love to write already, so I got an advantage on you know putting the words together. And on my creative side, 
I'm pretty good with putting context, pictures, and images. So I use all of those skills, plus being in corporate America for the last 26 years, I put all of that into my magazine. You know, all those skills and trades and training that I've learned and everything that was already a part of me, I put it all into this magazine. And my main focus was, like I just said, I'm trying to help small businesses who don't have a voice. And my platform isn't big, but it's a start. You know, and if I look at what what I don't have as far as support or, you know, people sharing or whatever, then I would get discouraged. So I don't look Girl, at that. I just keep going. Mm-mm. I, I, keep, I <laughs> keep going and I just keep pushing. So, you have to. So I just yes. keep, I, yeah, you do. Because if you stop to look, it's, you're going to be like, why am I doing this? Why right. am I wasting right. my time for nobody? So there's always that one kid or that one person or that one, you know, thing that you're inspiring to and you don't know unless you stop and then someone reaches out to you and say oh you don't do that you know anymore what you're happened? not doing that and then to your yeah. surprise yeah so it's that that's what drives me you know and i and ikd mag is i didn't want to have another catalog and, and being a designer, okay. when I decided to be one and, and combine this magazine, I wanted the voice to be looked at on a corporate level. So I wanted to bring fashion to a corporate level. So it's different Ooh, than any yeah. other fashion designer that I've, I've seen. You know, I didn't want to be a boutique. I don't want to be a boutique. Um, and I have nothing against being a boutique owner. But that wasn't my stop. That wasn't, that's mm-hmm. not my calling. You know, my calling is to use all the the training and the, the years of experience that I have acquired within corporate America to do what they don't do. They don't look at people for people. They look at if you have degrees, if you have this bad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what right, gets you in the right. door of corporate America. So I've, right. I'm in HR. So I've seen so many people that's good, talented. And they don't get through that door because that person with that zero experience, but that paper uh-huh. outshines them. Mm-hmm. So my whole goal for eye candy business and eye candy retail, which is shop eye candy, is to is to have a platform of a building. I'll have my own building. Um, I will offer training for people who are non-degreed, and they will get in-house training those people will still be elevated. Now, of course, common sense is going to tell you I need a VP of finance and they're going to have to be degreed. But there's a lot of positions that doesn't have to be degreed. You know, and that's one of my biggest things is supporting people by their skills, their passion. You know, they can teach you better than anyone, but the only thing that's stopping it is they don't have that piece of paper. So that's what I pay attention to. Um, as far as, you know, what made me do the business side of eye candy. And just the corporate level, you know, you can do so much more. Um, one of my biggest givebacks when God does bless me with this building that I have this vision of is I'm going to have a, a 24-hour daycare free of charge for my employees because being in HR, we've had to let go people, moms, I have to say single moms who have mm-hmm. boys and girls, and they have to leave work to go see about their kids because maybe one had an asthma attack, maybe their fever spiked. Well, when you're missing in, in HR and corporate America, 
they don't care about your personal life. You know, all right. they want is they're, you're just a number. If you're not making numbers for them, you're a liability. So they let you go. So with eye candy, I wanted to put back the things that corporate America was taking away from people. And that was one of the things was to give free daycare. And so we know that we're at work more hours in the day than we are at home. So that was, you know, kind of my give back um, in addition to the free training to the community. So that's how I know I'm not worried about, um, you know, eye candy getting off the ground or, you know, me hurrying up getting this building. Because when God say this is going to get off the shelf, it's going to get off the shelf. I'm not going to need to, you know, get asked this person and that person. And it's going to get off the shelf because it's a blessing to other people. Right. You know, it's right. giving back to other people. It's not just me. So it's a bigger, way bigger picture than, than just designing. And if you'll provide the uh, website for the magazine. So my um, – the magazine is ikd-mag.com, but the main one is just shopicandy-designs.com. It houses all of my, the business iCandy site as well as the iCandy mag. You can purchase it from there. So that's one main shop um, website. Yep. I'm about to purchase this um, Minds of My Own Business shirt dress right now. <laughs> <laughs> If you see why I can't stay focused, wait, guys, look, I'm wait till you shopping. see the new line that's coming out. No, I want to see though. the new line. Or can I get this too? <laughs> you can get that too. <laughs> and you know, this is oh yeah, yeah. If you if you just go to shop eye candy designs, guys, you will see. Um, you'll be able to click the, the tab for the magazine. That's that's the only reason. That's the actual reason why I I came over here this time. Um because I have a tendency to stalk my guests there, all of their social media. This is how I find <laughs> more out about, this is how I find out about them, you know? Um, so right, I remember exactly. now, I remember coming to the website uh, when I got all of the information. I don't know how I got sidetracked um, and did not shop with you prior to now, but yeah, um, okay, belt's not included, but the belt is so cute. Right. <laughs> I know. Okay, let's focus. <laughs> let's focus. All right, because I want to, um, uh, being able to talk to, I wish my daughter were able to listen in. My daughter's actually in school for fashion merchandising and consumer studies. Um, yeah, she's doing the five-year MBA. She's on the MBA program, five years. And so um, watching her, um, she's always been, you know, just her her creative side has always been just very um, different and abstract. So watching her create since she's been home has been amazing. Just the things that she's been taught um, in two semesters has been um, amazing. I know that my money's going to good use. Well, right. Um, I told her, you know, I'm, I have a fashion designer that's going to be on the show this evening. You might want to tune in and listen, you know, get some pointers or whatever. But uh, when you decided to step out on faith and say, you know, this is a passion, you know, I've always had this within me, and I now am ready to pursue it. I know that that had to be, it had to be scary for you. So talk to an aspiring um, fashion designer right now and, and let them know what it was like when you decided to step out on faith and say, hey, this is what I want to do and this is where I feel like I need to be and, and, and what happened after you made that decision? 
Um, I would say it's, it's definitely scary because it's like you're stepping out into the unknown. You know, you don't know. People can tell you. They can give you their their advice and their experience, but it's nothing until you've actually done it yourself. But the biggest thing that I would tell people is never doubt yourself. You'd be surprised what you have in you that's not, you know, uncovered until you need to use it. You know how the old saying is, you know, use it or lose it. If you don't, right. you if you don't use all the the skills within you, you'll never know what you're capable of doing. Which is where my whole testimony that you were talking about earlier came in. Um, as a fashion designer, I I was that was my biggest fear because I always said that I just wanted to design. You know, I started with these books from Hobby Lobby, the fashion um, sketchbook. So I sketched, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and then I was like, I, I can't draw bodies. You know, I, I just draw the head and the, the leg and, you know, I don't do bodies. So I got Great. smart and I said, let me get some corkish templates so I can stop mm-hmm. focus on trying to make a body. So I did mm-hmm. that and then I started drawing and putting more emphasis on the design where you're spending more time. That's where your creativeness comes from. So I spent more time on that. So years after years, I'm still in my book, still writing, still going to my regular job, you know, not ready to take my designs off the shelf. And then finally, I got to not having a hand sketch anymore, and I did digital. So, wow, you know, I love computers, so that just took me 10 notches up, right? So now I can Mm -hmm, be faster mm -hmm. because my mind was running so fast that it wasn't keeping up with me trying to sketch. You know, I would get frustrated. But then now that we have the digital, you know, I, I design all the time just, you know, with the on the computer and with my pencil, my um, Apple pencil. I would just write and, and sketch mm-hmm. and, and do all of that. So it was easy. So then I can sit there and send it to someone. But let me tell you one thing. I had nothing. I had nothing but a, a, a company name. And I used to – I hired this person um, in Jersey – her name is Monica Mason, for another project. And the manager and her just kind of didn't, you know, they clashed. So a couple of years later, I reached back out to her, and I was like, you know, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, you, you have to, when you talk to people, sometimes you get that that click, you know, that chemistry, like it's like that's a good vibe that you're picking up from that person. So I picked up a good vibe from her. So when I tell you that when God takes this company off the shelf for me full blast, I will bring her because she put so much into me, no money, pro bono. She helped me research and find who would be my competitors. How do I get this started? She got me my first interview with Macy's head buyer in New York. I wasn't ready, but that wasn't the point. The point was she got me in there. You know, she believed in me. She took the time. And when I spoke to the lady at Macy's head buyer, she told me, you have a good eye. She said, I love your vision. I see where you're going. And instead of telling me that, you know, you're not ready, you're nowhere near ready for for the big dogs, you're nowhere near ready, go back and do what you need to do and come back to me in like five, ten years. She gave me pointers. She told me what I needed to do, and to the next time wow. we have our meeting, 
it would be she would need to have physical clothes because that's what I wow. like for years. I like the physical clothes. So fast forward to last year of my fashion show, you know, I went through so many people trying to find a, a seamstress because I'm like, again, I'm the designer, right? I sketch, I design, I create. I did right, so right. at that time. So I went to so many people and it failed. It kept failing. They either didn't show or they didn't call me back or whatever the case was. And then one lady finally did, and she was in Alabama, and she said, I'll help you. You know, she talked about God, so, you know, I believed in her and all of that. So she helped me with two dresses, and then she no-showed 12 days before my show. When I tell you I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, because it was just, it was me with the hands. You know, my husband, my kids, my mom, my family supported me. But, what you know, that was really all that they could do. They want the, the hands. They want the behind right. the design. You know, so you can't, a person can only support you and help you for, you know, from a certain point. So, I, I mean, I just went into my war room and I cried all Saturday because she was supposed to be here Thursday. She told me she wasn't coming Friday. And, and Sunday I got up and I said, okay. I went back in my war room and I said, what, 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 what am I going to do? Because I know you're not going to leave me right now. I put so much into this. You know, I didn't have investors. You know, I put so much into this. My family, immediate family, put so much into my dream. And to let it fail, I can't see God leaving me like that. So I just came back in my war room Sunday and my husband was like, babe, you know, you got it. You can do it. I didn't believe in myself. I did not believe that I could sew. So I went and took my sewing machine because I already had the equipment. I just didn't use it. I laid out my, my pattern, and I went to it. I just started creating a vision of what how I wanted a dress to look. I drew it. I cut it with my pattern. I went on from that day, I think the first day, um, Sunday night or Monday morning, I finished six dresses. I tell you, I cried. <laughs> I'm trying to cry now, but I cried. <laughs> I cried because God always I has it. a way of pulling. He does. What? But, but God, got, pull. God got jokes. <laughs> God got jokes. <laughs> But it was scary, you know. So, you know, that advice goes back to your question. You you have to, you, you've got to hold God's hand. He's not going to let yeah. you go. It's going to be scary, but anything worth having is scary. So if it wasn't, we'd all be doing something different. So I finished 24 dresses, and um, I'm still designing. And also with that, with eye candy, I have an unnamed boutique, which is a ready-to-wear line that I don't design. But I handpick different, um, you know, clothing items from like New York, Chicago, California, and I put them. That's what you'll see on the unnamed boutique section. But the shop eye candy, or not the shop, but the eye candy design section is all my handmade stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely my testimony. Um, I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't been through it myself. Um, it was just one of those walking miracles. 
you know, God didn't leave me. I was able to pull it off, and nobody knew it. That was the thing. Nobody knew it. All they saw was what I presented. But me, I saw so many flaws. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I saw the the things I could have done better and this and that, but everyone was like, I would not be able to tell that unless you point it out. Wow. That's my testimony. And that is a phenomenal testimony in God's one. When we have the guests on the shows and they drop these gems on you, you know, it's not only for whatever, um, you know, if you're the aspiring fashion designer or you're the aspiring author, you know, a lot of these gems, you can make them applicable to every um, aspect of your life, you know, because Mm -hmm. um, as she mentioned, you know, if if when you're holding God's hand um, and, and you're walking by faith and not by sight, you know, the doors that can open for you are are uh, the, 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 there's no limit to the doors that can open for you. Um, it's that blind faith that causes doors to close. You know, when you start doubting yourself and not walking by faith, yeah. those are the doors that begin to close for you. Um, so yeah. everybody's not going to have a story like this right here. I'm going to tell you that you're not. Everybody's not going to have this story. <laughs> this is this is a miracle right here. I mean, God does have a way of pulling. Um, your gifts from you in moments when you least expect him yeah, to. Um, exactly. Times that you said, I can't, um, I won't, um, this isn't for me, this this can't be me, you, you cannot expect this of me. Times you have said that over and over and over and over again. Um, when you're pushed to that limit, as Lala was, you know, he'll prove you um out. I don't want to call you a you know uh, uh, an untruth, but he'll prove to you um, just what you're capable of when you get into those moments mm-hmm. like that right there. Amazing testimony. I want to um, open the lines up very quickly because you do have some callers on the line. One who has faithfully been on the line from uh, the beginning of the interview, and, and I wanted to you you said this many times, so I know that you have the support of you know uh, you, you mentioned your mother your immediate family, your children. But I'm sure that, you know, your spouse is there with you, um, Dan. Talk about him just a little bit. Um, my husband is definitely my number one fan. Um, as I was doing my fashion show, after the show, everyone was like, especially like specifically Lady Bane and CC, they both came to me and was like, Oh, he got your back like all the way. Like you should have saw him <laughs> running the show. Because again, I told you I didn't have any anybody in those positions. Like we single handedly ran a show with no team. <laughs> so he did everything on the outside that you would hire vendors for and and security for. He was security. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it it was amazing. And for them to come back and tell me that, I mean. I knew it already, but to hear somebody else see it and tell me that, it just was a blessing. It was just confirmation. You know, that's my best friend. And this is our first five year of marriage, and, you know, every marriage has their, like, crazy times, and we just crazy together. But he is definitely um, a, um, a chef. He cooks, and he gets me fat. But... Um, <laughs> He did. He cooked my whole birthday celebration. I don't know if you saw that on my social media, but he is a phenomenal cook, and he always asks me, you know, how did this taste? How did that taste? I'm like, 
Bet your stuff tastes like restaurant. Like it's on restaurant okay. level. So, you know, people say, you guys, I mean, you got the whole company. He does the food. You do the clothes. Y'all like a one-stop shop. You know, when, really? when we get this building, yes, when we get this building and we put that restaurant at the top, it, it's it's just going to be nowhere but to go up from there. Like, I can't give all my little, our little tips <laughs> and, and plans, but it's it's definitely going to be something to see. So he and is that's, definitely that's, uh, that's a good guy. That you said that, um, my daughter's vision for her um, startup company, she says, she actually wants mm-hmm. a cafe on the bottom level with um, like a thrift type store on the top level. Um, okay, she minds the opposite. Yeah, she wants to, because we, we do a lot in the homeless community, and so she mm-hmm. wants to be able to, that, that for her startup store, she wants to be able to um, be able to cater to the homeless community with this, this thrift store. Oh, okay. So um, That's nice. I want to be able this to do everything I can different. to help, yeah, to help her um, accomplish uh, that goal right there. But getting back to your husband, I read something earlier today that um, kind of, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't really remember how it went, but with everything that's going on in the world right now, you know, um, in a marriage, um, the husband leaves and the wife is, you know, mm-hmm. behind. And with everything going on right now, you know, um, this was a black man who was speaking and he was saying, you know, black women, we don't want you behind us right now in this fight. We want you. We want you beside us in this fight um, because we know that you're on the front lines fighting uh, just as much and just as hard as we are. Mm-hmm. The things that are going on right now in the world, um, I'm sure that you and your spouse have discussed, you know, uh, the impact that it's making across the nation. Um but does it make you fear? Does it make you look at him any differently because he is a black man? It makes me um, fear when he has to go out. I have a privilege of working from home. Um so I fear when he comes and he tells me, you know, you know, he was driving down the freeway and, you know, somebody pulled a gun out driving because I guess they were pissed off or, you know, or whatever. And it's scary because, you know, you always pray that your loved one leave home and come back the same way that they left. But with everything that's going on now, and even with the COVID-19, it's kind of like, you know, people, they don't care. You know, there's no remorse. They don't care. And they don't care if that was your spouse. You know, you're the one that cares about that. Nobody else cares about that. So I take my fears, I take my cries, my tears, 
um, my worries, I take it to God. You know, I, I was talking to someone the other day, and I told them that my mom, she always, always, always watches the news. And, you know, she has high blood pressure, but she's so spiritual. And, and I, I don't like how it it does her, you know, listening to the news because she gets so angry. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. we have, and you, I mean, I, my office is next to her room, and I swear I hear the orange man at least 20 times in a day. <laughs> but I tell her, you know what, Mom, looking at you growing up and, and understanding today in my position as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, I can't carry the world on my shoulders because if the minute I carry the world on my shoulders, my life will be over because we are first. Um, rate of, of death is high blood pressure, stress, violent killers. So you that, that goes back to your faith and what you believe in. I truly believe in God, and I'm giving my pain. Yeah, I'm a cry, but I'm giving him everything in me that I can't, I can't tr- control. You know, I, if I had a, a hand and able to go in there and handpick things, that's different, but I don't. So you have to have faith and believe. And that's my strongest belief. My war room has notes, prayers all over the walls from years ago on top of each other. You know, and, and I just, that's that's my fighter right there. That's my fighter. So I know when my husband leaves, when my son goes back to school, I know that who kids they are, you know, who whose kids they really, you know, who they really belong to. They belong to God and me second. So my fear, I can't have fear and and disbelief because that will just let God know that you don't trust me, you don't believe in me. So I try not to carry the world on my shoulders of everything that's going on because I wouldn't be able to take it. That's like when I said earlier, when you stop, to look around to see who's not there, your fight drive just lessens. You know, you don't you don't feel motivated to, to do it and push harder. So the minute I do that and let my guards down, I'm just going to pretty much be eaten alive by my own fear. Mm. So I have to definitely give that all to God. That's how I release my, you know, my uh, worry. I got, I'm just turned 46, May 6th, 17th, and I got more gray hairs than you can count, <laughs> but I, I still I still believe firmly to give that to God. I can't carry it. I'm not built to carry what He can carry. So that's that's my standpoint on on everything. So I apologize for my emotional moment. I don't even know why I got emotional. Oh, I even like fine. I got a man. You are human. Girl, but let me bring yours <laughs> on the line. I'm hoping this is him. I should have asked. I should have clarified that in the beginning. Um, who do we have on the line? You're live with Nakia Lala Moore on Indie Fire. Who's on the line? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How, how y'all doing? Well, I'm I'm well. I, I believe Lala is well as well. Who do we have on the line with us? I am well. That is my husband. 
y'all giggling? Oh, goodness. <laughs> hey, husband, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just back there chilling, you know. She's doing her thing. She's a phenomenal woman. She's best on the phone. Her vision is solid, you know, and just the way that she put that fashion show together, I mean, it was, it was beautiful, you know. I just went in there and just told her, like, hey, you got this, you know. Put some hands to work. Go ahead and YouTube some stuff, you know. Same thing I do when I'm in a rut. I watch you. I watch YouTube and get it done. There you go. <sighs> so, you know, I'm proud of her. Thank proud you. of everything she do and everything she accomplished. You know, we make a great, a great team together. It's like she do like all the corporate stuff, and she, she, you know, she do all the corporate stuff, and I do all the stuff on the streets and be frontline. Okay. And bring it back home. We'll let her close the deal out. That's what I like to hear. If y'all need I some love places, black love. You know how to me. What you got? What you, what you got? Anything. I said, if you oh, need something right. done, just holler at yes. me. Yeah, he's a chef. Yes, yes, he's a chef. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Y'all can go, go follow on my Instagram, uh, La La Feel Mo. You see all my food up on there. I do everything. Yeah, it's beautiful, though, too. It's, his creations are colorful. That's what makes it stand out from a lot of other places that I've been to because he put color to it, and that color just attracts you. And then not just the color, it's the way that he does the presentation. So, I mean, it's just phenomenal. It's all self-talk. You have to see the picture. It's all self-talk. It really? is. That's yeah, another thing you know, we got in common. Yeah. Self-talk. Yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. So we're going to get it done by all means. Believe that. Like they say, all money in, no money out. We're going to keep right. it pushing. That's right. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Can believe well, that. I, I I appreciate you calling in uh, to support your wife. Uh, there's nothing like black love. Um, I'm going to put you back in queue because she does have another caller on. I want to give them the opportunity to show some love as well. No doubt, no doubt. You did thing. Did thing, baby. Love you. All right. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You are live on Indie Fire with Nakia and Lala. Who do we have on the line? Girl, they knew we was coming to get them. They hung up. <laughs> they was like, no, I'm not. Uh-uh, no, you're not about to put me on the spot. It's all good. It's, it's okay. I should call you back and really put you on the spot, but it's all good. It is all good. I go. It's okay. I know I, I have I somebody it. from Finland listening because she she's pinging me on on Facebook like, hey, I'm hearing this. It's so but I, hey, I don't know what what her number is, but <laughs> all the way from Finland. Oh, oh, you know what? I think she has dropped off several times and call back because um, our um, international numbers come up as like um, 2,000 numbers across the screen. And oh, so okay. she has, yeah, so she did call yeah, in. she would have been the only um, one. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. But that that was actually um, your area code that just, they got a little shy and didn't want to talk. It's all good, though. Oh, okay. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Um, how would you measure success in your role? 
Um, I feel like success is when you feel feeling to me. So it's when you feel like you've, you've, you know, achieved something that you set out. I don't look at success as money. I don't look at success as, you know, what you drive and where you live at. Because you can have all of that and just still be unsuccessful, you know. But success to me, it measures by that feeling in the inside. Like my fashion show. You know, I, I cried because when I was giving my speech at the end, because I didn't really have any attendees. You know, we spent over $15,000 on that show, and it barely <laughs> put a, a dent in the seat. So then I didn't cry for that anymore. My success was I did it. I did those yes. dresses. Yes. That was success. Success wasn't what I lost because I didn't lose anything. Success was those dresses. I was supposed to go through everything that I went through, everything, the pain, the tears, everything. And it was the success at the end was to show me that believe in you and look what you did. You know, that that's my success. Yeah. God's written story. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel that you are going to be able to uh, foster stronger business consumer relationships for eye candy designs? Well, what I am, my strategy, um, and, and I don't let the world dictate my strategy. So I will say that um, my strategy does not change because of what we're going through. Because I feel like that if you set a strategy just based off of the world, then your 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 business is always going to be up and down because the world is always oh, changing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So my strategy stays the same. It stays consistent. You know, it's where I put more focus at during those inconsistent times within my same strategy. You know, so um, with IKD Mag, my my thing is to still keep targeting, um, you know, small businesses, small black businesses, um, especially women, because I can relate to them more. Not saying that I'm not looking for, you know, men that don't have their own businesses. I will definitely promote them as well. But you can can help what you know. You know, does that make sense? What you're more, what you can relate more to. So I always reach out to black business women, you know, authors, um, other designers. Um, speakers, coaches, just somebody who wants to see their business taken to another level. And I actually just reach out to certain people. And like you said at the beginning, if it's something about that picture or your post or your words on your page that that grabs me, I'm going to reach out to you. But it definitely has to grab me. And I handpick people. and And I say that, you know, do you, I'll select certain companies to be on the cover of the page. You know, other magazine companies like the big ones, you know, $20,000 a page. Just to get into their book, you know, so I'm like, that's just like way over. You know, we're talking about small businesses who's trying to get their name out there, you know, to, to believe in me enough to let me promote their on um, their business. 
So, you know, that's my strategy is to, you know, help people see that they can be bigger than where they are just by having a voice, by connecting the dots to other people because you never know who's looking at a post or who just so happened to to see your thread come on their their timeline, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your post right, come on their right. timeline. You don't know who that person is, but that one person can help move you from A to Z real quick. That's right. That's right. So that's my strategy. And moving forward, um, how do you feel that you are going to be able to make, um, I mean, you dropped some, some hints on things that you want to see um, happen within your businesses, things that you want to accomplish within the businesses, but um, how do you see yourself making the company better? Um, how do you see yourself making the company better? Um, as far I feel like to make I Candy better is to build me a strong team, a small team. I think small is better, you know, than large any day because with small you can all um, learn and agree within one another, but at the same time you want to bring people, or I plan to bring people within the company that's you know smarter than me. I don't I don't need to be I'm not intimidated by hiring somebody that's smaller smarter than me. I want to bring people that's going to challenge you know my dynamics within my company. And if you don't have a challenging dynamic within your company, then how can your company ever grow? You know, if everyone is on the same page, right. the same skill set, the same level, how do you grow? So that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I want to build. Um, I want to get, you know, interns and, and, and teach them what I know. You know, I'm not going to teach them as an expert because I'm not one, but I can teach mm-hmm. you what I've already been through and, right. and what I know. So that's one, that's what's going to be a difference in eye candy is my platform because if you don't have that platform and that foundation, you know, strong, you can't grow up. Awesome. Um, each and every endeavor um, that Lala Moore is putting her hands to. I'm excited. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited. And I'm, I'm, I need to go order my dress. I do. <laughs> I want to go ahead and open up the floor <laughs> to you now so that you can get all of your contact information out for those who may be listening live, for those who may come back and listen to one of the many, many, many playback shows um, the floor is now yours to get all of your contact information out. Okay. Um, you can reach um, Shop Eye Candy or Eye Candy Designs at, on Instagram at Shop Eye Candy Dash Designs. And the Eye Candy is spelled I K A N D I, and it's Dash Designs with an S um, dot com. Um, my Instagram is Shop Eye Candy underscore Designs. And my personal Instagram, which is also still business, is Moore underscore designer. So if you connect with me on either one of those, you'll see all my platforms of anything that I'm doing, whether it's designing or writing or whatever new project that I'm, I'm, I'm currently working on. It'll be on one of those pages. All right. And you heard her, Moore underscore designer is still business. Don't get it twisted, guys. All right. 
Okay. Make sure that you're following the show on all platforms at Fire. Make sure that you're following me, the Girl in Motion, on all platforms at Girl in Motion. Uh, for those of you who are interested in submissions for New Music Monday, you can send those submissions uh, by way of the website, www.indiefireradio.com. Click on the New Music Mondays submission. Uh, make sure that you uh, fill out the artist's name, a little bit about the artist as well as the track title, and be sure to click on the Upload File link and upload your music. Because, again, what good is it going to do us to get your name and the fact that that track is fire if we don't get the track, all right? So make sure that you upload the track as well. We'll see you guys on 6.30 or Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, for our next interview. Until then, it's been fun, but we got to run. Bye-bye. You have a good night. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>